Hey, y'all, my name is Nicole Rowan, and this is my podcast, a space to encourage you, share biblical truths, get all of these thoughts in my head out, and introduce you to some amazing people along the way. For more info, you can go to NicoleRowan.com. All right, so this is a podcast that several people have asked me to, to do, and to be super transparent, um, I have somewhat avoided it because I, I have just felt um, overwhelmed with this topic. And then a couple months ago, um, someone had reached out and um, they had said, you know, Nicole, I, I have been struggling the past year because I lost so many friends. And I'm just wondering, have you ever lost friends? And I felt like it was the Lord saying, Nicole, (laughs) I need you to share. I need you to be vulnerable and transparent. And so today we are going to talk about the loss of friendships. Now, if you have listened to my podcast for any amount of time, or if you know me, you know that I love to talk about things that aren't often talked about, but often experienced. And um, if you have been around me any amount of time, you also know that I am a believer in Jesus. I'm a Christian, and um, I understand that there are things inside of Christianity, um, society, inside the local church that has not been explained well or understood well or uh, just simply talked about. And so that is a, a big passion of mine. And I wanted to share on this topic of the loss of friendship because I don't know what it was. And I don't know if maybe if you're listening to this, if you experienced this, I have received several messages about people who have experienced this in the past couple of years, but um, something about 2020 that really opened up just all of humanity <laughs> to different things, whether it was science, whether it was politics, whether it was education, whether it was medicine, you know, all of those things, we got a new understanding or vision or clarity or things were revealed to us that we had never had to face or think about before. And and so I feel like with the loss of friendships, there's there's not a lot of a difference, if you will, meaning Everyone, you know, has probably experienced it, but it's not been so right in your face. But something about 2020, and I say something because I don't have the right answers to what it is, but something about 2020 revealed the character of people. And I think it has continued. I think it actually started before 2020, and it's continued on for the past couple of years. And I, I don't mean to say, you know, people's character have never been, you know, it's never been revealed up until 2020 and cor- coronavirus, you know, revealed it. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, I believe that the Spirit of God is revealing and unraveling things that we uh, were just not prepared for or um, maybe didn't quite understand or don't quite understand still. And so my heart today in this podcast is to to share with you a couple of my stories, but also um, to give you encouragement and to give you hope, not hope deferred, but hope that there is a reason um, in seasons that, you know, these things happen and God will always turn them for his good. The word says that he, um, 
He makes all, he brings all things together for good. And so uh, that's my heart for the, today's podcast. I hope that you're able to get something out of that. And I hope that you know that if you've been walking through the loss of friendships, that you're not alone. You know, a lot of times we think that we're alone in things. We think we're the only ones on planet earth dealing with, you know, fill in the blank. But the reality is there's, you know, billions of people on the earth. And there are tons of other people that are going through similar situations, worse situations, you know, those very specific details around your life where you're like, man, there's probably nobody that can understand or, or, or have ever gone through this thing because it's so specific to my life. And I think that that is the enemy trying to instill hopelessness trying to throw at us negativity to get us to feel alone. Why? Because he is alone. He has his, you know, ignorant demons, but he doesn't have the savior of the universe to breathe in hope, to give fresh vision, to help understand that God will expose and reveal things you might not even understand, but it has a greater purpose. And it's always for the good, for the better for you. For he works all things together for good. So in the Bible, friendship is attached to very specific, very, very specific things um, to our lives. You know, a lot of times we don't, we don't think about like, what's friendship in the Bible? And maybe we look at characters in the Bible who are friends, but you know, there's, there's all kinds of verses about friendship being, you know, water to the soul and, and what relationships are supposed to look like in our life. And I've had to kind of go back to the word to understand, man, what does the word say about this? And maybe I'm the issue. (laughs) If you haven't asked yourself, like, am I the issue? You might be the issue, but you know, I've had to ask myself, (laughs) maybe, maybe I was the issue or maybe this was a a lack of whatever on my end. And so um, I want to share some of those verses with you so that you have an understanding of what friendship is supposed to look like, you know, how, how friendship is supposed to, to serve one another and love one another and be an example of Christ loving the church in a lot of ways. Um, I, I love Proverbs 17, 17. It says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves it at all times, you know, and, um, Man, even First Thessalonians, I believe it's chapter five, you know, says to encourage one another, to build one another up. The friendship, it's supposed to build one another up and encourage one another. First Corinthians says, you know, bad company corrupts good character. Uh-oh, bad company corrupts good character. Well, what does that mean? I thought this person was good. They look good. They seem good. Heck, maybe they have a church or a ministry or a lot of people around them, but the company that's around them could corrupt the good character that they carry. Colossians 3 says that we are to bear with each other and forgive one another forgive one another as God has forgiven you. And this is the biggest thing I see, you know, at least in the body of Christ where they've offended me or I I can't let that go or I can't forgive them or that was just so painful or they did this or that. But 
But the word says that we are actually to bear with one another, to forgive. If you have something against someone that you're to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, not be offended and close up and shut down and continue on. I mean, Ecclesiastes 2 are better than one, right? There's all kinds of scriptures about coming together and unifying and what friendship is supposed to look like. You know, if someone falls down, the other one can help them up, but pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. That's Ecclesiastes 4. I mean, we need one another. So what happens when you're a good friend? What happens when you love someone and then something happens and they are no longer in your life or they don't want to be your friend? It's painful. That's got to be so difficult. I I mean, not that it's got to be. I know (laughs) it's so difficult. And, And I experienced, we call it the mass exodus in my house. I experienced a mass exodus <laughs> in one season of my life. <laughs> and I kid you not, I called every mentor that I, I had in my life and I said, I, I'm going to tell you the situation and I need you to be 100% honest with me. I need you to call me out. I need you to hold me accountable. I need to know what I need to do in this situation. And there was even even one mentor that was really close to me and I told her everything, everything that I said, everything that was said to me in these conversations with these wh- whom I thought were friends. And I, I, I you know, she said, listen, I'm gonna tell you everything, not to gossip, but because I wanna know if there's something I need to do differently, if there's something I need to be held accountable for. You have full authority and reign in my life as my mentor to call me out. And there were things that they would say, hey, you know, maybe think about it this way, or maybe that's not the perspective, or here's maybe what they meant, or go back and ask this question. And I did. And and there was a season in my life, the mass exodus season, where I felt like there has to be something wrong with me because none of this makes sense. There has to be something wrong with the way that I'm doing friendship or the way that I've led these people or the way in which I thought we were in friendship. There has to be something wrong. Isn't it interesting that our first go-to is always, what did I do wrong or what did they do wrong? Instead of, could this be the enemy? (laughs) Could this be that the enemy hates the unified body of Christ, that he hates actual covenant relationships that God has given us, that he hates the fact that we were even birthed and born into Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that our covenantal God is even built around community and a unified spirit. And we so quickly want to point, you know, fingers at ourselves or at others when maybe John 10, 10 says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. You better believe that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy the relationships in your life. Now, maybe some of you are asking, what does that mean? Every relationship that's done me wrong or, you know, betrayed me or whatnot and walked away. Is that because of the enemy? No, I would say that division doesn't point to God. Division does not point to God, but humility and forgiveness points to the Father. And so there there are situations that will arise in our life where I believe the enemy is trying to divide. And then there are other situations where I believe, and this is my personal belief, Nicole's personal belief, but I believe that sometimes God separates us 
And it could be for your good, it could be for their good, or it could be for both of your goods. And there are people whom we thought we were going to journey with for a long time. That was probably the most painful part for me was I thought we are all friends and we don't have any jealous bone in our bodies and we love one another and we'll do anything and we'll rally and we'll come alongside. And, and so that was the mentality that I was under, but it wasn't what others were under. And so that was a lack of discernment that I had to walk through and learn. And my eyes would get just more and more opened as I would start to see things and hear things. And I would take it before the Lord. God, what does this mean? And do I need to step in? And what will you have me do in this situation? And man, the way that they spoke to me, I mean, I had a conversation, y'all, with someone who I actually, I actually really love her. And I loved her, and and I, I thought we had a, a great relationship. And I sat down to have a conversation, and to this day, I've never had such a nasty conversation in all of my life. The way that I was spoken to, the way that I was treated, the unforgiveness, and the pointing of fingers, and the accusation, I mean, it shocks me to this day. And I was so confused coming out of that conversation. I was so, and there were so many other elements, you know, attached to it. But I share this story to say this to you. Confusion doesn't always mean that you're wrong. And confusion doesn't always have to get fully answered. I had pointed my finger to God and said, God, what? You figure this out. Like, what is going on here? I'm missing something or I'm not aware of something or there's something going on that I'm not even... I don't even know that I'm equipped to to understand. God, you do something about this. And I really gave it back to him. And, and at first, it might not have been in the most faithful follower of a way because I was so mad. I cannot believe, one, this actually isn't my friend, and two, that I was treated this way, and I'm a justice person. If you're a justice person, you're listening to this, you're, you probably want justice, and it doesn't mean you're wrong, but it, it means that we have an opportunity to actually say, God, you're the judge. God, you're the king. Lord, you know the hearts of all men and women. God, you know the intentions of their hearts. God, you know behind the scenes. And, and if we can step into that place of petitioning the Father in a way of you're my Father, you're my provider, you're my protector, it'll change. And so during my mass exodus <laughs> of friends, I began to, to come into a place where I would just give God thanks. And I would imagine these people individually whom I still love very much, even though that was such a painful process. I will imagine them and I will thank God for that person in that season, for who they were to me. Because the reality is there are people in your life and before, you know, it gets bad, maybe there was a good season. And so I just try to turn my attention and my affection towards the Lord. And I just thank him. Thank you, Lord, for this person. God, I thank you for the season that they served in my life. What an honor to have known them. God, I, I just ask that you bless them. I mean, I've just gotten into that habit 
And, and sometimes I have to do this because pain will come up or I'll think about a situation or, you know, I'll hear or see things. I'm like, man, Lord, thank you for them. God, we just bless them. I just pray covering over them and their family. And I mean, I pray for these people's kids, you know, and they would never know. And that's okay. It's not for them to know. But I just want to give you an example. Real life examples are always better for me in, in understanding different situations. And so that's just like a real life example of what it looks like to walk through a loss of a friendship. You know, and I want to, for a second, I want to turn on my Nicole Justice Mama Bear uh, self for a second because I also think it's important for you to realize that God will remove people who are not supposed to be in your life, who are not supposed to go into the next season of your life. And one time I posted this on social media and someone got really upset and they said, how dare you as a, as a pastor, which I'm not a pastor. I'm very apostolic. I'm actually not very pastoral, but okay. As a pastor, you know, you should want to take everybody into all of your seasons from glory to glory. And, you know, I responded back to them and I explained, actually, that's not true. We go from glory to glory and hopefully people grow in the Lord in and out of seasons, right? But it is actually not our responsibility to take everyone that comes into our lives with us. We couldn't possibly do that. That's actually not healthy. We cannot, we cannot do that. But there are times that I believe God will remove people from our life. And it's, it's not always because of something they've done bad or something we've done bad. He'll remove it because he can see the whole picture. He'll remove them because, you know, he can see what's going to end up happening. Maybe there's someone in your life and they said things behind closed doors that you'll never know about. I mean, Proverbs says that a perverse person will stir up conflict And that gossip will separate close friends. Maybe there's been a separation in your life from someone who you thought was always going to be in your life because there's actually talk happening that you don't even know about. There will be separation in those cases, I believe it, either in the heart or actually in the natural, in friendships, right? And so as as a mama bear right now speaking to you, I do believe that the justice of the Lord, that the fatherhood that the Lord carries does take people out of our lives. I I actually do believe that. I I, I do believe it. And, And it took me a while to get to that place because I thought, well, why would God do that? Why would he take someone out of my life? That doesn't feel, you know, that doesn't feel like God. But as a parent, I see my kids on the playground. And this one time we're in San Diego, and I think it was 2020, 2021, I can't remember. But we're in San Diego. It was a beautiful day. I took my kids to the park, and um, they were playing with another kid. And this other kid was just not a very kind child. It's not that child's fault. So I kind of, you know, let my kids stay there and minister to them for a little bit. And, um, the kid kept being just so mean and so rude and throwing their toys that they were happy to share. And so then I come over and I'm talking to the kid and, you know, hey, hi, how you doing? How's your day? Do you want to play this game with us? Do you want to play with this toy? And, you know, I'm trying to engage the child and the parents not really around, not interested um, in kind of what their child's doing. 
And so while I'm there, the kid's acting okay. And then when I would walk away, I would watch from afar and I would see some of the things the kid was doing. And I thought, you know what? My kids have to learn. So, you know, if this kid is having a tantrum or whatnot, I'm just going to let my kids figure it out. And, and then the kids started hitting. And um, that's kind of when I came over and <laughs> I said you know, to my kids, come on, you guys, I want to show you something. And I took my kids to the other side of the playground. There are two different um, areas for like age groups. And I took them to the other side. And it was in that moment the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is exactly what I do with my kids. And it was like a, a light bulb went off in my head. And I went, oh, Lord, oh, my gosh, that makes so I mean, it was so simple, right? But so profound that when God sees from afar his kids and situations around people, I do believe that we have free will, but I also believe that God will intervene in times or will cut off relationships that are not supposed to go into our next season. And theologically, you guys, as kind of a theological you know, nerd, it doesn't quite make sense with my theology because I believe that God has given us free will and we get to make decisions. And sometimes the decisions around us in the world impacts, you know, how things happen. But the Lord has been teaching me in the past couple of years about the justice, about the fatherhood that he cares about, the protector that he is. He wants us to walk with the wise, to become wise. Proverbs 13 says that, that we walk with the wise to become wise. He wants us around people who will strengthen us, who will, you know, light the fire in our hearts to continue on, who, who will encourage us. And so I think that God does separate. And I think, you know, that it's kind of hard to understand sometimes, especially if it's been a significant other, especially if it's, you know, been a best friend or someone that you've journeyed through many seasons with. I had only been friends with some of these people in my mass exodus for, you know, 10 years, five years. Um, but I had a deep, profound love for them. And it was so painful. It was so, so painful. But the goodness of God, and this doesn't always happen, but the goodness of, of God began to reveal things to me. And I began to go, oh my gosh, I had my discernment off. Wow, I did not see that. Oh my goodness. I am so glad I'm separated. I'm so glad I'm not a part of that. And I still believe and hope the best for these people. But there were things that my life and the position of who I am as a daughter of Christ didn't align anymore. It just didn't align. And so if you have gone through a loss of friendship, man, my, my, my biggest and encouraging words would be to take it to the Father, cry out to the Father, share with God, tell God how angry you are, how sad you are, tell Him how it hurts, begin to get all of that inside of you out, lay it at His feet so He can begin to minister to you, so He can begin to heal up those areas and though I feel like I've, I've come off a long ways there, you know, there are times when I think of one of, you know, these people and, um, and I get sad. My heart's like, man, I love them so much. And I, we had some good times together. We have some phenomenal memories together, 
And especially if you have kids and it's like all kinds of wonky because you're like, oh, my kids remember your kids and ask for your kids or it's just, it's a whole other ball game. But I, I would just say to you to just turn your affection to him, to remind yourself that God is faithful, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he is not like our earthly friendships. Whoa, he is not like our earthly friendships. I can feel the presence of God on that one. He will always come through. He will always be there. He will not leave you. He will not betray you. And I even just sense right now as I'm talking that there's going to be people, you're going to be listening to this. You have gone through deep, deep betrayal. And you've asked yourself, am I ever going to be able to get through this or get over this? Am I ever going to be able to forgive that person? And let me tell you, the answer is no, you won't be able to. But with the help of the Lord, you can. There, there are so many things in my life where I've gone, I don't think I'm ever going to get over this. This is always going to hurt. And I began to pray to the Lord many years ago when there was uh, someone in my life who had really hurt me and my family. And I said, God, give me compassion for them. And I began to have compassion some years later. And I look back at that situation because it's a miracle story of God restoring my heart, of God healing my heart around someone who I didn't know that I would ever be able to forgive. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to love. And God has given me such compassion. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And so I know that if he's done it for me, he'll do it for you. And I have that story, even as I've, you know, gone on in life and had other situations, I'm able to go, wow, he did it that one time. He'll do it again. Man, he gave me compassion that one time. I know he's going to give me compassion again. And he has, and he'll do it for you. And you just cry out to God and you say, God, I need your heart for this person. The other thing that has helped me with the loss of friendships has been understanding that they are a child of God. And in being a mom, I've been able to have a different perspective of a parent-child relationship. You know, I began to look at um, people in my life who, you know, were a part of that mass exodus or who I've lost in friendships. And I began to look at them like I look at my daughter, like I look at my son. And it helps me see them in a different light. Because when you can look at someone and go, that's somebody's kid, you know, on earth. And then that's God's kid. Like they belong to the Lord. It changes how we can demonize people or how we can, you know, have this unemotional, um, like disattachment to people when we're able to look at them and go, that's God's kid. That's someone's earthly child. They have a mother and a father. And if you have kids, it's a lot easier to do that, to be able to look at them as if they're your child and how you'd want someone else to treat your son or daughter. And to remember that they are a child of God and no matter how much pain or how much has come up that God is still their God and their protector and their father. And so we want to be really careful not to talk negatively about people who've hurt us. And and hear me say this, there's a lot of lines of thought out there about this, but we all need mentors and we all need to be really transparent 
with mentors in our life. I mean, the one mentor, mentor that walked me through um, a really large situation, I sent her voice memos explaining everything, every conversation. I mean, I made sure that she knew everything and it wasn't to get her to have a side. It wasn't to get her to, you know, think bad about some other person. No, I said, I want you to know everything because I want to be held accountable. I want to make sure I'm walking this out well. Now, I didn't take that to 25 different people. I've done that in the past too, and that's not a good idea. But I took it to, you know, one or two mentors and said, man, call me out. And when one mentor would say, you know, Nicole, you've walked this out well, I'd say, there must be something wrong. So I would take it to another mentor and say, I need you to call me out. I was waiting for someone to say, you're wrong, Nicole, you shouldn't have done this, or this is what's really going on. And, and in that situation, that wasn't found, but but I, I say, you know, say all of that to say, get a mentor, <laughs> get someone in your life who knows all the dirt, you know, in your life about you, who knows some of those blind spots that you have or the areas that you can work on so that they can actually give you appropriate advice and wisdom. And I would also say, make sure that they know the Lord. If you're a believer listening to this, you don't want a non-believer giving you advice on these things because we have to be able to connect to the heart of the Father for these people. But the goodness of God in a couple of times in my life, he, he has revealed to me the why. And this one time, this was about seven years ago, there was, um, there was a loss in my husband and I's life. And I was devastated. I, I went to my spare bedroom and I cried for three days. I kid you not. I didn't leave that room for three days. This was before kids. And I was crying, crying, crying. I didn't shower. I didn't eat. I just couldn't believe it. And when, one day the, I was crying out to the Lord and I said, why God, why would this happen? And I heard him say so clearly, you do not need to know the why, just that I am good. And for whatever reason, y'all, I believed it. I got up, I went and washed my face off, took a shower, put on new clothes. And I stood on that word that I don't need to know the why. I just need to know that he is good. The goodness of God is real. And about six months later, which in terms of all of eternity is a very short time, but about six months later, I found out the why. And it was the biggest protection of the Father in my life. It was the biggest protection of God in my life. And I know that he'll do that for you, but we cannot depend on finding out because there are some things we are just not going to know the why. And if you can resolve in your heart to be okay with not knowing the why, right? Because we want answers. God, explain to us. Tell us why. Sometimes we're not going to know the why. And we have to resolve that it's okay, God. I trust that you're good. I trust that you're going to get me through this. There was another time several years ago, one of my coworkers, my boss at the time was, I was working for a church and he was trying to fire our worship leader. And, um, he had valid points. He, he had shared some things. She was not in sin. There was nothing morally wrong at all. Um, but he had shared some things and I just felt the heart of the father come over me. And I said, you know, 
what if we tried this with her? What, what if he tried this approach? Because this other approach isn't working. What if he tried this approach? And, and let's just give her a chance. Let's just love her. Fam- family doesn't fire one another because we don't like how you did this or that. Like family talks about it. So, you know, family tries things out. So what if we tried this? And we went from he was ready to fire her to, um, to okay, let's, yeah, let's try it out. And then I end up not being at that church very much longer. And um, then that person kind of stopped talking to me, the worship leader. And I thought, if they only knew, I literally saved them from not getting fired, <laughs> you know. And there, was, there were things that they had, I don't know, heard or partnered with or whatnot. And, and so they kind of cut off relationship. And to this day, you know, they don't know that. And I mean, I've worked with a hundred worship leaders. So even if you're listening to this and you know me, I promise that's not anybody you know, but I, um, I sometimes I smile because there are things that, that we do in private and in secret that will honor the Lord that people will never know about. And when it comes to the loss of friendships, this is also true. You pray for those people, so into those people. You, you know, you do whatever you need to do to keep your heart pure and to keep your mind right that God is going to come through. My best friend, I would have to call her up and say, what is going on? I think I probably used that phrase. Oh my gosh, she probably got so tired of me always saying, what is going on? What am I missing? And um, she would say, you know, the goodness of the Lord, Nicole, you know, just there are things you don't know that he he's doing and he's revealing. And, you know, I can't, I can't reveal information to you because I want to honor people, but I need you to know there's a protection that's been going on for you. And if you're listening to this today and you've gone through a loss of, you know, a friendship and that even includes family friendships, um, you've, you've wondered why you've questioned, you've been so hurt. You've pointed the finger at yourself or at others or both. You know, I just want to tell you that God is a, a righteous father. He's a protective father. And there are things that I believe, and, and this is me talking to you still as a mama bear, that he will step in and go no more. You can't be a part of that next season. It, there, there's a, a verse in the Bible. I'm forgetting where it is, but it's where two disciples go their own way. And it's a really, really powerful, my, my husband had um, showed it to me one time. It's a really powerful Bible verse where these, I think it's Paul, Paul and someone, and they end up just going their separate ways because of a disagreement. And, I, you know, it's it doesn't mean that those people are separated from God. Um and, you know, not ever going to do whatever again. It just means that um, they are just going their own way to continue the ministry. Okay, I just looked it up. It's, um, oh, no, that's not it. I was hoping I was going to find it for you guys, but that's not it. Maybe I'll put it in the bottom of um, of this podcast. But, you know, God will separate you because he wants you to do something or go down a different road and maybe for that person too. So it doesn't always mean that, you know, you have to believe that they're going off the deep end or whatnot. Like it it could just be that God wants to do something different with your life. Oh, I found it. Paul and Barnabas. That's what it is. Paul took 
Silas as his companion. Um, and Barnabas took John Mark. And it says that a dispute ended by Paul and Barnabas taking separate routes, you know, and they went on to do incredible things. And so, um, yeah, I just want to encourage you that God's not done with you, that you, you don't have to sit in a place of pain, that you can still petition to the Lord and pray and believe and hope the best for other people and for you. Don't self-sabotage yourself and get into a pity party because you don't understand. God knows the why. And if you can just remember that he's good, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to stand on, truly. So I pray that today's podcast encouraged you. pray that it uplifted you. Um, And I, I hope that, you know, if there's been a loss of friendship, that this gave you just perspective today to be able to carry on and to, to love people well as Christ loves the church, that we could still continue to, to love people even in disagreement or separation. So until next time. All right, my friends, that is it for today. If you got anything out of this podcast, please go subscribe and leave a five-star review. And until next time.